1: Tonight on Huckabee, former President Donald J. Trump, the cutting-edge magic of Greg Gleason, authors Alvita King and Ginger Howard, and music from the Hall sisters. That's Ray Corley and the Music City Connection, and I'm your announcer Keith Bilbrick, and
2: Oh, what a great audience we have. You know, these guys look familiar. I think I've seen them before somewhere. Maybe they've all been here at a previous show. They must be, because they are so familiar and such a terrific audience. I love them. Yeah. Welcome to our show. We've got the president of the United States, the 45th one, the one that just left office. He's with us. Donald Trump is going to be one of our guests tonight. Great guests and a phenomenal group of sisters. The Hall sisters will be uh, closing our show with some music you do not want to miss. Going to have a lot of fun tonight. And thank you for joining us. Now, listening to CEOs of major corporations lecture the elected officials in Georgia about election laws that actually gave the voters there more opportunities to vote. And maybe it was out of their inexcusable ignorance are intentional dishonesty. These CEOs claim that Georgia was making it harder to vote. It made me wonder just how wonderful their own companies are at fighting racism. Well, it turns out not so good. Woka Cola, as I like to call them, their CEO got his shorts in a wad and chastised Governor Kemp and the legislature of Georgia for a bill that he apparently did not read Because had he done so, he would have realized that it was President Biden who utterly misrepresented the voting law so badly that no less than the Washington Post pretty much deemed President Biden a lion dog face pony soldier. (laughs) You've heard that line before. Delta Airlines sort of crash-landed their own uppity evaluation of a law that actually expanded voting times, opportunities, and access by saying they wouldn't put up with racism. Well, of course they wouldn't. No one would. And then the commissioner of Major League Baseball made a complete fool of himself by jerking the all-star game out of majority black Atlanta and putting the game in almost completely white Denver. Denver. That just happened to cost the black businesses in Atlanta over $100 million in lost economic impact. But here's the kicker. Woka Cola has 12 people on their corporate board. Only two of the seats are held by black people. Ditto that for Delta. Two of their 12 seats on the board are held by black people. They, by the way, promise they will do better. I got an idea for them. If they feel so bad about it, how about both of those CEOs just stepping down and having their boards replace them with black CEOs? Why not? Makes more sense. You're really serious. By the way, Woka Cola paid out a settlement of over $192 million several years ago for racial discrimination because they were paying minority employees less than and giving less opportunities for executive leadership to minorities. And Delta's only got 7% of its top officers who are black. And all of the big CEOs, to get preachy about race, here's something you need to know. Of the 122 teams that make up the NFL, the NBA, National Hockey League, and Major League Baseball, only one of them is majority owned by a black person the Charlotte Hornets, because Michael Jordan owns about 97% of them. That's the only one out of 122. So in the words of Jesus, I like to quote him, here is a message to the self-righteous CEOs. Before you take out the speck in your brother's eye, you might want to take the beam out of your own eye. And next time... When you're gonna wade into the middle of a political fight over a piece of legislation. It just might be a good idea to actually read it so you don't look so pathetic when you can't name a thing in it that you really find fault with. The terrible ideas that those corporations have fallen for are rooted in critical race theory. It's an anti-American, anti-human, and frankly, downright racist ideology. And for that reason, President Donald Trump signed an executive order to ban critical race theory from being taught in any government department. In other words, he didn't want your tax dollars paying for it. Of course, that executive order, along with several others, were immediately reversed by President Biden, out of spite, it would seem. And after the break... Guess who's going to be with us? President Trump. We'll be talking about Joe Biden's actions, the state of the Republican Party, and a whole lot more. So you better stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
2: And welcome back. Now, he did what no one thought possible. He had never been elected to a single public office in his life. Now, he ran successful businesses all over the world. And then he decided to just run for president against a large field of experienced senators, congressmen, and governors. One of them was me. Oh, he didn't just run. He won. And then he really made the media and the left hate him because he did something that no other president had done so well. He actually kept the promises that he made. Please welcome the 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Mr. President, it is an honor to have you back on the show. I want to thank you for coming. A lot of issues to talk about. Let's start with the border. It's a mess down there, and it wasn't when you left office. What happened?
3: We had the strongest border ever. Uh, the wall was almost complete we were delayed by lawsuits from congress and nancy pelosi and everybody we won all of the lawsuits we won all sorts of things including uh, stay in mexico a big thing a very big thing that they gave up and we were in great shape the best shape we were ever in people could get in but it was very tough and when they did come in we were able to uh, get them And uh, people weren't trying to come in because they knew it was so tough. And as soon as he came in to office, he gave away everything. He gave away what we had with the three countries plus Mexico. And it was uh, it's a disgrace. And they're coming in now by the hundreds of thousands, numbers that we've never seen before. They're doing absolutely nothing about it. And the longer it goes on, the harder it's going to be to stop it.
2: Uh, It's predicted that by the summer, a million people may be amassed at the border. You and the president of Mexico had an excellent uh, working relationship about this. And even the president of Mexico uh, said that things had just turned around in the worst way after President Biden came. I don't think President Biden was expecting to get that rebuke from the president of Mexico, but he respected you. And you guys worked together to get this issue resolved.
3: We did. He's a good man. And frankly, we had a great relationship. He put twenty-eight thousand soldiers, no cost, on the border to stop them from coming into our country, as we built the wall. And the wall, you know, could be finished very quickly. Uh, all they have to do is finish it. Then they told the contractors to stop working. In matter of uh, a very short period of time, it's mostly built. We built almost five hundred miles, and uh, so so powerful. It had such an impact. But we have certain areas where uh, we have to finish it up, and uh, areas that we kept open to get the equipment back in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, it's mostly complete. It, they should immediately finish the wall. They should just go back to the policies that we had. Now I understand they're sending billions and billions of dollars to the other countries. I stopped paying other countries, and that's why we were able to be successful. They wouldn't take down the. They wouldn't take back MS13 and. Criminals that were in our country, they wouldn't take them back. And I said, fine, then we'll stop paying them. And and all of a sudden, we developed a very good relationship. They said, we'd love to have MS-13 back in our country. Sort of amazing, actually. Mm. All of that's gone. Everything's gone. It's uh, just uh, it's, it's a mess. And uh, from a humanitarian standpoint, it's never been more dangerous, never been worse. And especially, you could say, for women and children, the children, what they're going through— and uh, it's it's a very, very badly handled situation. It's, I've never seen anything
2: like it. Mr. President, for four years, you helped to reshape the Republican Party to an America First Party, uh, a party for working class people that gave folks jobs, better wages. Uh, there, there may be a few holders on to the old country club Republican Party, but I don't think that that anymore will ever represent the conservative movement. You've transformed it. Um, you've got to feel good about the fact that that message of America first worked, and it worked powerfully.
3: Well, Mike, we got 75 million votes. I was told by great people, uh, if you look at John McLaughlin, great pollster, Yes, Really, the Rolls Royce of the pollster business, he's he's great, and he said, you get 66 million, you can't lose the election. We got 75 million. Uh, in addition to plenty of others that we'll never find out about, although we, we know we have tremendous ammunition for that crooked election. The way that election took place was a disgrace. What happened during that election? Because we, uh, we did inc- we won. We won the election very simply, and Many people know it. You know, if you look at polls, many, many people think that we won that election. It was it was a, a rigged election, and it was stolen. But we got 75 million votes, and that's the highest number ever gotten by an incumbent president by far.
2: Does that mean we'll see you on the ballot in 2024? You want to give us a preview? Is it at least well, we're, something you're we're open to?
3: very strongly—yeah, we're very strongly looking at that. Look, uh, everybody wants me to do it. You look at the polls, it's like— you know, it's it's a tremendous, uh, tremendous number of the enthusiasm is incredible. A lot of it is because, you know, m- most Republicans think we won the last election and we won it easily. You look at these states. I mean, we at 1030 in the evening, that election was over. Then all of a sudden uh, ballots dropped and uh, places were closed and then reopened again. And the numbers were different. It was a disgraceful. It was like a third world election. So. You know, frankly, from a—and uh, that's still very much being looked at, as you know, by a lot of people. But uh, as a political movement, I think that helps us greatly, as opposed to losing. If we lost, you know, it would be a little bit different. But people feel and, and most Republicans feel that we won that election and won it actually by a landslide. wasn't even close.
2: There's so much uh, happening with uh, Joe Biden reversing virtually everything you did. Raising taxes, stopping the Keystone XL pipeline, the border mess, uh, claiming he's doing an infrastructure bill that you actually proposed, but yours was real infrastructure. His is just Green New Deal. Do you think that that means both in 2022 and in 2024, people are going to say, hey, you know what? We had a pretty good deal going on when Donald Trump was president, and the Republicans will come back and come back strong.
3: So we had the best unemployment and employment numbers in the history of our country. We had the strongest economy in the history of our country. We never had so many people working. We had 160 million people working. That was much more than we've ever had before. We had the strongest economy in the history of our country. We've never had. Then we got hit by the pandemic, and we've come back stronger than any country ever. This is before Biden. In fact, we. if you look at what they're doing with the vaccine They've carried forward what we were doing and, and came up with a vaccine, most importantly. If, yeah. if I weren't president, Mike, you wouldn't have a vaccine for five years if you were lucky. But they say it's three to five years if, if uh, with the FDA and the bureaucracy and all of the things that were happening over there. So, Does it, does it uh,
2: bother you, Mr. President, that not even yet Biden has been able to say, thank you, Donald Trump, because without you and Operation Warp Speed, we would not have a vaccine. Most all of us understand that. Does does that bug you a little bit, that he just won't even well, acknowledge Well, I'm
3: surprised it? that he hasn't, frankly, because, uh, and I think uh, people know, Democrats know, Republicans know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's uh, they know how that all came down. And we were the ones that got it done. I got it done by pushing the FDA. Nobody ever pushed the FDA harder. They are uh, a group that would have taken a long time to get, to get this stuff approved. Even the fact, even other things I got, you know, it was taking 10-12 years to get things approved. I brought that number way down. But on the vaccine itself, it would have taken 3 to 5 years. I don't think they even would have had a vaccine. And we got it done in 9 months, less than 9 months, which is amazing. And some one other thing that you know about, we also bought billions of dollars of it before we knew it was going to work. We had a pretty good idea, but before because otherwise you wouldn't have vaccines yet you wouldn't have anybody uh, have the vaccine even yet. It would have been maybe a year after approval that you'd see the vaccine so they wouldn't have it until October or so and you know that's a, that's a that was a big bet and it was a bet that paid off it might have been the greatest bet ever made by anybody because you're talking about almost a year it would have taken to produce so as soon as we got approved, and, you know, because of the dislike of the drug companies, because I lowered drug prices and went with favored nations and everything else, they wanted to try and announce it after the election. But I think most people knew we just about had it. And uh, it was announced by, it was announced two days after the election, you know. Now, the FDA is not a group that likes me because I push them at a level that they've never been pushed before. But I said, you're talking about millions of people. I think if we didn't have the vaccine, you would have a 1917. If you look at the Spanish flu, where perhaps 100 million people died, 50 to 100 million people, they estimate. But this would have been that. And now all over the world, this is this is beyond even the United States all over the world. They're getting uh, vaccinated. They're getting the vaccine. And it's uh, it's great. It's it's an amazing thing. That was a big bet, though, Mike, you know, we saved a year by taking the chance that this was working and it was being made before it was even approved. It was it was pretty amazing, actually.
2: Well, I think there are a lot of Americans, uh, whether Joe Biden gives you credit, a lot of us do. We know it would never have happened without you. I think a lot of people in America uh, certainly miss you and realize that we had a good thing going. Mr. President, thank you so much for your time tonight. Want to say to our audience: Thank you, you can, very much. You can keep up with the 45th president online at 45office.com, and who knows, maybe on a new social media network in the near future. We have a lot more for you tonight, so do not go away.
1: Magician Greg Gleason and Mike's hilarious news stories on in case you missed it are coming up on Huckabee. and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at Gov by Huckabee on Twitter.
2: Well, many of us have grown a little weary of the lockdowns and not being able to travel, especially those who have been used to seeing the world. You can go with me October the 24th through November the 2nd on a luxurious cruise ship. We'll be tracing the steps of the Apostle Paul in the beautiful Mediterranean Sea. Now there are a few cabins left, but don't be the one to wait and miss out. So sign up soon, like maybe today. Here's how you do it. Go to thegreatesttrip.com for all the details and we'll see you in the Mediterranean. My next guest, has appeared on many TV shows, including Penn & Teller, as well as eight seasons of Masters of Illusion. He has set records in Las Vegas, performed all over the world, and he's been named Magician of the Year and Illusionist of the Year. I want you to welcome the amazing Greg Gleason. Thank you. Greg, welcome. We're happy to have you here. Great to see you. This is going to be a blast. You know, it is, as long as you don't do anything to me. That's the key. That's what's most important.
4: We're going to recreate an illusion that was first performed over, actually, 100 years ago this year, 1921, was the first time this was performed. And I need someone from the audience. So Uh um, I think we have someone right here. Hi there, what's your name? Gina. Gina, hi, come on up here, Gina. Gina, are you really
2: brave? If you would step right over here by the governor. (laughs) Okay. Gina, we are going to
4: perform (laughs) a classic in magic. This is called the Sawing the Woman in Half Illusion. The Sawing the Woman in Half
3: Illusion.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You know what, I'm gonna have you just uh, lay down right here. If you would just sit down right there and then just lay back. Perfect. Are you heavily insured, Excellent. Gina? Oh
5: goodness, yes. There we
4: go. I'm just gonna place these stocks right over you, Gina, just like this. That way, Mike, she can't change her mind and, 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 and well, sneak out of here. Women tend to so change their we're minds. All set. Now, before we get started, okay. very important, I'm gonna have to hypnotize her. Once she's right. hypnotized, you can feel absolutely no pain. So all, <laughs> you, <laughs> all you have to do is look into my eyes. On the count of five, you're gonna fall into a deep, deep hypnotic trance. Watch me close. One, your eyes are getting very heavy. Two, you are getting very sleepy. Three, your eyes are getting heavier. Four, your Five, sleep. She is now in a deep, deep hypnotic state. If I snap my fingers, she'll wake up. She'll look right at me. See, she must be hypnotized. <laughs> she follows every instruction perfect. Okay, now that we have her all set up, we only need one more thing, Mike. Hey. A saw. We do need a saw. We, do need, we need a saw. Just saw, saw the woman in half, exactly. And I think we have. You know what? There's a saw ah. right there. Check that out. That's not an ordinary saw. That is a big tree saw. That's a bow saw. That's very sharp. It's really be, sharp. Be very careful it sharp. with it. And you know what? I'm just gonna place these stock. Place these uh, saw right in the stocks, just like you know what. You wanna check that out. Make sure that's sharp. Be careful. Yep, Looked it's okay? Right. Great, we're just gonna place that. Do you have a good r- lawyer, r- r- Gina? R- r- right in there like that, lock it in. Now, she's hypnotized, she can feel absolutely no pain. You know, the first time this was actually performed, <laughs> <laughs> the first time it was performed, the magician saw a, a man in half. <laughs> Guess what? He really did it? Nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't, it wasn't until he sawed a woman in half. Famous there illusion. There you go. Now, if you would, put your hands right up here on those dried blood stains. Perfect. Just hold on tight. Hold on tight. Right there. Hold on tight. Now, here we go. And kids, do not try this at home. I am a trained professional. Look right at me. You know, she reminds me a lot of my ex-wife. <laughs> 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 what, what sign are you? Pisces. Pisces. So was my (laughs) ex-wife. What month were you born?
6: February.
4: February, so was she. Oh. Are you a cross-country skier? No. No. (laughs) Neither was she. (laughs) She didn't have any legs. (laughs) Tell you what, Mike.
2: Gina, you're not gonna be half the
4: woman you once were after this. (laughs) Just just in case, Mike, we just hold on to her legs just like that. So here we go. Just so she doesn't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, sawing a woman in half. You'll also know there's wooden. Notice there's wooden strips in the front and the back. I see that, that. way we can see the progress of the saw as it's going through Gina's body. Watch close. <laughs> sawing a woman in half. Here we go. Oh, did you feel? Did you feel that, Gina? Only a
6: little. No, you didn't, because we only went
4: through. We only went through the first pegs. You can see that actually was really, cutting half. Yes. The, the, the next <laughs> few minutes, you might feel a little bit of tingling, but don't worry because. You're hypnotized. Here we go. Sawing <laughs> a woman in half all the way through her body, all the way down. Oh. <laughs> Relax. Go ahead and take your hands off. I'm just going to take those stalks off your body. Uh-oh. She's
2: alive.
4: She's alive, but I made one mistake. What did you do? I actually healed her <laughs> before I took the saw out. Oh. Would you hold on to my hands and go ahead and slowly sit up? And you'll notice that saw went right through Gina's body. Let's have a big hand for Gina.
2: Wow! Thank you very much, Gina. And this here it. for Gina. Let's come over and visit. You know, wow! Thanks for helping me. I'm with trying that. to figure this all out. But you've done things all the way from card tricks yes. to making a helicopter appear. Absolutely. Now, how do you do—well, you're not well, going to tell me how you did it, but— I can tell you, but then i then did you to have kill to kill you, me. so we can't do that. You <laughs> have to saw me in half, and I don't want to be sawed in half. So what made you as a kid say, I want to be a music- uh, a Magician. magician.
4: You know what? There was a, a TV series on in the 70s. It was called The Magician. Yeah. And it starred Bill Bixby, and it was, it was the coolest show because he lived on a 747. He drove a Corvette. He had a show in Las Vegas. He uh, was driving around his Corvette, going to the show in Las Vegas on his phone. And you know what? Two years ago, I've done several shows in Vegas, but in 2018, I was driving down the street to Bally's in my Corvette, talking on my phone. I go... I've become that fictional character. You're, you're Bill Bixby, you've made it. I, I
2: have. Do you have a favorite uh, trick that you like to do? An the, illusion? Uh, I have so many favorites. Yeah.
4: Because I like so many different kinds of magic. I like the grand illusions. Yeah. I do a, uh, an illusion where a girl floats on a water fountain. It's beautiful. Uh, but then I do some mind reading. I love that. I do close-up magic and so. Let's do kinds. something while Can I we're seeing some here? close-up magic. Yeah, I'd love okay. to see it. As long I, as you don't saw me in half. No, we Okay. Have you ever heard of the three card money, the sidewalk shuffle, chase the ace, find the lady? don't know that I have. It's, a, it's an old gambling game. Okay. It actually it was played with three cards, but the first time I actually saw it performed, the three card money was played with four cards. What's up with that? The three card money with four okay. cards. Now the guy said the first card is the ace of clubs. Okay. He said, that's the one to keep it, your eye on. He said, don't worry about the other three cards because they're all blank, three blank cards and one ace. But remember, this is called the three card money. So the guy said, look, I'm only gonna use two blank cards and one ace. So he took the ace and he placed it right in the middle, just like that. And then he mixed them up once, twice, three times. He fanned them out, I watched close. He said, which one do you think it is? I said, I think it's the middle one. He said, no, Greg, you're not paying attention. You see all three of these cards are blank and the ace is right there on the table. I said, (laughs) I said, wait a second. Do that again. He said, watch, I'll do it again. He goes, look, this time I'll really lay a blank there. This time he goes, look, I'll really take the ace of clubs. It really goes in the center, just like that. Again, he mixed them up. I watched close once, twice, three times. Again, he fanned them out. He said, which one is it this time? I said, this time it has to be the middle one. He said, no, Greg, you're not paying attention. You see, all three of these cards are blank and the ace is right there on the table. I said, wait a second. I said, you're going way too fast. He said, watch, I'm going to do this really slow. He goes, look, there's one, there's two, there's three blank cards. I'm going to lay one of the blanks on the table. I'm going to take the ace and place it right in the center, just like that. Again, he mixed them up once, twice, three times. Again, he fanned them out. He said, which one is it this time? I said, you're not going to fool me three times. It's right there on the table. He just shook his head and said, Greg, this time you should have said the middle, or you could have said the top, or you could have said the bottom. And that's why you never played the three-card Monty. That is amazing. I'm sitting this close.
2: I'm watching the cards. I'm really trying to pay attention. And I just think something weird just happened (laughs) with those cards. See, I love that kind of stuff. And, you know, a lot of people say, is that a sorcerer? No, No. It's just an illusion, but yep. I don't understand how on earth you did it. Well, you, that means I did my job. So. You did your job. <laughs> it's got to be a lot of fun entertaining it, people in something that is wholesome and fun from kids to adults. It is. Who it, doesn't love a magician? And everywhere in the
4: world. doesn't matter what language they speak or anything. So it's, it, magic's a universal entertainment.
2: Next time, I want you to cut Keith in half, okay? <laughs> okay. we'll do that. Uh, but don't bring him back. We just cut him in half and send half of him home and we'll keep the rest for later. All right, Keith, why don't you tell us how we can see more from this wonderful magician, Greg Gleason. I was thinking more in terms of trade, but
1: for a lot more great magic tricks from Greg Gleason, visit his website, GleasonMagic.com, and check him out on social media. After the break, authors of We're Not Colorblind, Alveda King and Ginger Howard, and country music's family band, The Hall Sisters, are on Huckabee.
2: Jesus told his followers to be his witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Samaritan's Purse is fulfilling God's mandate by giving physical support to those who are in desperate need, as well as spreading the good news of Jesus locally, as well as to the farthest reaches of our world, bringing peace where fear abounds. By coming alongside the incredible work of Samaritan's Purse, you also can play a pivotal role in spreading God's kingdom and making disciples of all nations. Just call the number on your screen, or you can go to the Samaritan's Purse website right now, and you can give the gift that God has put on your heart to give. Thank you for caring, and God bless you. Racial tensions are at their worst point since at least the 60s. My next guests have written a much needed book to help heal those divisions. The title of the book is called, We Are Not Colorblind. I want you to welcome speaker and political consultant, Ginger Howard, and my dear friend, author and evangelist, Alveda C. King. Great to have both of you here. I wanna start with you, Alveda. I remember the powerful message of your uncle, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who said to us that we should be judged by the character of our hearts, not by the color of our skin. It seems like we have abandoned that message, and now everybody wants to talk about the color of skin rather than the character of one's heart. What has happened in this country to get us back to that place?
5: Governor, it's so good to greet you and all of your viewers. I'm glad to be here with Ginger, as well. You and I, Governor, have practiced as well. We've been out on the front lines together and stood against the adversary and all of that. And we never worried about the color of our skin. I never looked at you and said, Uh. oh, I see your suit. That's a Mm nice-looking suit. And uh, it seems to be gray and a red tie. What in the world? Governor, what color is your skin? I can't see. I'm (laughs) I can't see. So we never had any of those encounters. We could see each other. We can love each other as one blood, one human race, as brothers and sisters. And then we work on our character. That's what
2: really defines who we are. I I wish I had been the one to say it, and I'm not sure who originated the statement that says, we don't have a skin problem, we have a sin problem. That's where the heart of this goes, is is Mm -hmm. to our soul, not to our skin. Ginger, you grew up a white girl down in South Georgia. Uh, You you obviously uh, knew many people who were uh, black and they even worked beside your home. Was there a point at which you said, you know, these folks are in many ways kind of like our family, but we don't always treat them like our family.
6: Yes. Thank you so much. I'm I'm delighted to be with you too. And it's so great to see you in my sweet in Alveda. But yes, growing up in South Georgia, where it was still, there was a lot of segregation and we did have people that worked in our homes that really Alveda really helped me even later on in life seeing in a different light so many times I thought well, they're like my family and I love them like this but she would remind me that Ginger they're entrepreneurs and you can't view them as the help there was a wonderful book written a few years ago about the help and um, and so many times we have a different, par- we need a different paradigm shift. So Alveda helped me in this journey as we wrote this book to see things a little bit differently.
2: I think the perspective that each of you bring is so very powerful to make the book readable, no matter what uh, race a person may be. Al- Alveda, you have discussed that when your uncle was assassinated back in 1968, that you went through a period where you just hated all the white people. You blamed all the white people for what had happened to your uncle. How did you get to the place where you no longer hated everybody and recognize that one person did that, not a race of people, did that to your uncle?
5: Well, even now when we say all the races need to come together, you may have seen me do this before. I said, are you a Klingon? Are you an Endorian? What planet were you born on? (laughs) And I'll say, you know, give you the Vulcan high sign. We are one human race. Yeah. The concept of different races was socially engineered and it didn't come from critical race theory. It's much older than that. It's as ancient as the Garden of Eden, actually. And so in the 1960s, I wanted to view white people as a different my problem. And when my uncle, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was killed, my dad, his brother, Reverend A.D. King, daddy was on his way to get the body with Coretta Scott King, Martin Luther King Jr.'s wife. So Daddy and Aunt Coretta were gonna go get the body, but Daddy stopped at home. And I said, Daddy, I hate white people. They killed my uncle. And Daddy began to rock me in his arms. And he says, "Alvita, you can't hate white people. White people march with us. White people pray with us. White people go to jail with us. White people die with us. So I had to honestly recognize And I had to actually realize that there was one blood, Acts 17, 26, and one human race.
2: Beautifully said, Alveda. Ginger, when people read the book and they finish it, they put it aside, what do you want them to have in their hearts and to say in their spirit as they finish the book, We're Not Colorblind?
6: Thank you for that question, because we wrote this book as a book, We're Not Colored. We want people to not just read it and put it down and say, oh, that was a nice book. We want people to take away the fact that there is, as Valvita and I are Christians, so we're believers in Jesus Christ, and we believe that there is one blood because God sent his son to die for our sins. And because he reconciled us to him, he is the only one that can bring true reconciliation. So that is my heart for everybody that puts down this book, that reconciliation, whatever kind of reconciliation, only comes through the blood of Jesus and that he saves us. And he can bring redemption through that.
2: Well, I love you both. I'm so happy to have you here. And I want our audience to go get Alveda and Ginger's book, We're Not Colorblind. It is available right now. And you can also get autographed copies at we're not colorblindbook.com. Keith Bilbury, he's going to use his signature voice in order to tell us what we have coming up next.
1: Well, here we go. Next laugh with Mike and the news on In Case You Missed It. Plus, inspiring pop country singers, The Hall Sisters. More Huckabee is on the way.
2: We are so glad you're joining us tonight. You know what else I'm glad about? I'm glad that we've got the very best musical talent in the country right here on The Huckabee Show with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Would you give them a big hand? Well, from an inconvenient convenience store shopper to a lady with Betty Davis eyes and Howard Hughes fingernails... We're going to scratch your itch for the world's weirdest news on In Case You Missed It. All right, this first story is one you might have actually seen on the news. It happened at a 7-Eleven in Thailand where a woman grabbed this video with her phone. I wanna tell ya, catch that, I wanna tell ya Uh -uh. that when I saw this, I thought... Boy, that new Godzilla versus Kong movie has some pretty cheap special effects. It looks more like Godzilla versus Cans. It is actually a giant monitor lizard. That's a real thing, wow. Keith, scaling the shelves. Uh-uh. Now, it's still not the scariest looking shopper I've ever seen in a 7 Eleven, I'll tell you that. Uh-huh. You've probably been in the few yourself, oh, haven't yeah. you? Oh, yeah. Monitor lizards are among the biggest reptiles in the world. Well, outside of Washington, (laughs) D.C. But unlike those Washington reptiles, these are relatively harmless. And I'll bet New York City has rats that are bigger than that. Now, the story didn't say how they finally removed the lizard but I'm guessing they told the lowest paid worker, clean up on aisle four, that's and it. that's how they did it. I didn't know they had 7-Elevens in Thailand. I'm, I'm not over that yet. Well, with lizards, well, okay. that okay. makes it even more well, special. Yeah. You want a Slurpee and a lizard? <laughs> there you go. All right, next up, You've Got Nail. Congratulations to Iona Williams of Texas for nailing the Guinness record for the world's longest fingernails. Mm. Get a load of this. She grew them to 288.8 inches long before finally cutting her nails. By the way, that's 24 feet of fingernails.
4: Am I the only one that wants to know how she used the bathroom?
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure you are the only one that wants to know that, because I don't want to know. I bet she couldn't play the piano either. Uh, I'm sure. By the way, I think she also held the records for the world's worst typist, as well as the world's slowest texture. Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> By the way, I thought Texans only went in for big hair. Anyway, her nails will now go on permanent display at Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Orlando. What, wow. a, what a thrill. I think I may go to Orlando just to see I somebody's think we ought fingernails. I to, to do the, the whole show there. Take it down there and show it. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll nail that one not for sure. Oh! Anyway, she hadn't trimmed her fingernails in 30 years. I know that sounds hard yeah. to believe, but I bet there are plenty of men who haven't trimmed their toenails in 30 years. <laughs> we got a lot of women out in the audience looking at their husbands right uh-huh. now. Yeah. You know that? Next is day. this story from South Korea. There was a couple caught on video at an art museum in front of a wall that appeared to be covered with just some sloppy graffiti. There were some paint cans and brushes that were on the floor. They assumed it was an interactive exhibit exhibit. So they picked up some brushes and they smeared paint all over it themselves. Guess what? They got arrested for vandalizing a modern artwork that was valued at half a million dollars. Wow. Boy, talking about a brush with the law. (laughs) (laughs) You're killing me. me. I know, they're they're lucky it didn't happen in North Korea, I'll tell you that. Anyway, the museum dropped the charges after deciding that it really was an honest and a completely understandable mistake. In fact, I kind of think the museum should hire that couple because if they can't tell the difference between an ugly wall of graffiti and a valuable artwork, they're definitely qualified to work there. Don't you think? Governor, I'm so
1: sorry. I I always hate to interrupt you. but No, you don't. This takes me back. Uh, I've got a second cousin, third removed, uh, his name is Joe, yeah. and, and he went to a big museum, art museum uh-huh. in Washington D.C. Now, Joe's not the sharpest tool in the box. You understand? I, I understand. The the guide was taking him through, and he, he came upon this painting, and he, and Joe says, "Ooh, that is ugly." Well, the, the museum guide he he turned red in the face and got that look on his face like you
2: hillbilly. Uh uh-huh.
1: He said, "Sir, that's a Picasso." Mm. Well. Old Joe, of course, didn't know Picasso from Adam. So they, they went on a little further, and, and just like Joe does, he suddenly looks at this thing on the wall, and he says, Ooh, that is ugly. <laughs> well, the guy just smiled, kind of got a smirk, and he said, That, sir, is a mirror.
2: <laughs> yeah, it happened. I'll bet that mirror wasn't worth anything after Joe looked at no, it, No, right? it broke, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Hey, finally, I love a good dog story, and this is my idea of a good dog. There was a reporter on Russian TV doing a live remote shot when a golden retriever came rushing up to her, (laughs) grabbed her microphone right out of her hand, and took off running with it. Look at her go! I I mean, she is running toward that microphone like Chuck Schumer, right? (laughs) That's some golden retrieving. Yeah. I'll tell you, he's a smart dog. Yeah. He knows Russian propaganda when he hears it. <laughs> wow. I, you know what? I, I think the Republicans ought to train dogs to do that to CNN reporters. I that knew would that be,
1: was coming. I knew that was coming. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, before someone sends a dog to fetch my microphone away, we better end it here. But always remember that we read the news. So- so- Country and pop
1: sensation, the Hall Sisters, are next on Huckabee. Next week, join Mike in the kitchen with Brenda Gant and rock and roll legend Mark Barter.
2: Welcome back. This week, the Hall Sisters released their latest recording. It's called Here and the Other Side. They're four sisters, and their vocal harmony style has been influenced and often compared to another sibling vocal group, Karen and Richard Carpenter of the Carpenters. Jessica, Natalie, Lydia, and Valerie, they're here to share their story, but more importantly, they're here to share their music. I want you to make welcome the Hall Sisters. We're glad to have you guys here. You know, I'm holding in my hand this just released album. And I mean, like, just weekend. So here it is. You know what is even more cool is that it was produced and arranged by a guy named Keith? Get this Trey Corley. How about that? Yeah. I love your music, and it is so great to have you here. You know, all of you could have been solo artists. Why did you decide? To just keep it together as sisters and make a group out of it.
0: Well, we we're kind of inseparable. Uh, we all, yeah. we kind of joke like if one of us ever gets married, it's a package. <laughs> like, like, like if I'm getting married, they're coming with me.
2: I see. We do okay. okay. We better find four guys. <laughs> right. four, yeah. brothers. four brothers would yeah. be terrific, yeah. wouldn't it?
0: No, but we we love. Being together, we we would never dream of doing this on our own. We, we really rely on each other and depend on each other's strengths and weaknesses well, to be able to make this And the thing work. is, there's a lot of solo artists out there. And so it's like, yeah, we could have. But it, I think it's a more impactful statement that we stay together and we yeah. choose to be this way.
2: Well, I love the harmonies. I mean, it's yeah. just phenomenal. When I hear you guys perform... I mean, I'm thinking, I don't know where the top is, but you guys are on your way. <laughs> oh, Wherever that God. is, that's where you're headed. So uh, because as people hear your music and they hear it tonight, I think they're going to say, i got to have that CD. Even if Trey had something to do with it, they're still going to want it. I'm convinced <laughs> of that. Oh, you. No, it Very really nice. is beautiful stuff. And Natalie, you've got a book called Nothing to Lose, But Everything to Gain. You had a battle with anorexia, and your sisters helped you through that
6: exactly right, yes. I, I struggled with anorexia for years, and then I struggled with bulimia, and that was a surprise, because mm. anorexia has always been my main struggle, and so having to go through bulimia as well, that really broke me, And um, mm. but God really used that battle to expose what drove both my eating disorders. So yeah, through that
0: became came my recovery.
2: Well, it's a wonderful story of that. And we're just thrilled to have you here. And as the Hall Sisters get ready to perform, Keith Bilbrey is gonna tell the folks at home how they can get more of their great music. And trust me, you are going to want to get it.
1: To get the Hall Sisters here and the other side, go to their website, thehallsisters.com. Now, after the show, go to huckabee.tv for an online exclusive performance of the Hall Sisters singing their hit Up. And now, here to perform with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection with Mike on Bass are the Hall Sisters.
0: can't take what you think of me You show me what I should be But I disagree You try to change me Put me on a runway Show me off Give me wings But that's not beauty That's not image That's not what define